Are you sitting comfortably? Then we'll begin. There's, there's something special built in here. Welcome to episode 106 of There's Still Time, the AFTN podcast. I'm Michael McCall. And I'm Steve Pander. And in true spirit of the podcast, we're recording this in another new location. This week we're coming from Burnaby Lake West Sports Complex at WFC2 Training. And we're going to be covering WFC2 a little bit later in the show. But for now, the bulk of this podcast, we're going to be looking ahead to MLS action, Whitecaps take on DC United on Saturday, Steve. Very light kickoff, and it's a battle of a team that's top of the West and a team that is joint top, if we want to give it good billing, uh, of the East. Yeah, um, and a, a team that's really dealt with a lot of things too, um, and still being able to maintain their, their standing in the Eastern Conference, uh, missing a couple of their best players. So at the moment, DC have played six games. They're on 11 points, three wins, two draws, and only one defeat. The two draws coming in their last two matches, but they're, they're heading into BC place, unbeaten in four at the moment. One of the better teams in the Eastern Conference, uh, totally agree with that, and they're, they're, they're going to be up there all the whole year. It was probably a little bit disappointing for them to get that 1-1 draw at home against Houston. They, they came out strong, picked up the lead, but gave it up late too. They've had some not bad results this season. They, they've beaten LA Galaxy. They won the road in Orlando. At the start of the season, a lot of pundits were picking... DC and Columbus to be kind of battling it out at the top of the East for, for the Eastern Conference title. We've already had Columbus at BC place, two-all draw there. DC is going to be a, a different proposition because I don't really know what we're going to see from them. Looking at their stats so far for this season, their top scorer at the moment is Perry Kitchen. Yeah. And that, that's a big shock. The, the, from the holding position, yeah. Yeah, the, the other goals have just been kind of spread about. No one's really kind of seized the team and, and banging the goals in, a little bit like the Whitecaps last year, and that yeah. nobody's just, like, catching fire. But they are getting a big, big boost for this game. The return after six-game suspension of, very influential for them, Fabian Espindola. Yeah, I think he had one of his best seasons last year. Um, obviously, he didn't end it. Uh, on the positive note, because he, the reason why he's been banned for six uh, six games is because of that shove he did at the official. I think it was against uh, the Red Bulls. Yeah, Red Bulls in the Eastern Conference semi-final. Yeah, it was. Uh, I think it was after the game, and he, I think he shoved an assistant uh, official. So that essentially is why he got the six-game ban. Um, as we know, on our own team, Sebastian Fernandez ended up with a four-game ban. But luckily for him, he is ex- exited out of MLS, so he didn't have to deal with that. Um, but this game, we don't know if he's going to start. He hasn't played in MLS since you know the beginning of the season, missed the first six games. But he did play twice um, in the Champions League. In fact, scored two goals um, against uh, oh, Alajuate. I don't know how to pronounce it. The Costa Rican side. The Costa Rican side. <laughs> Thank you. Uh, so he, he scored twice um, uh, against them in the, over the two games. But so it it is. Uh, he has had some game time, but it's been a while because they were eliminated in that two game playoff as well. Definitely going to be a guy that the Whitecaps going to have to watch out for. So before we talk any more about the game, let's hear from Whitecaps coach Carl Robinson about what they're expecting from the the match on Saturday and what players to watch out for. Uh, Fabian Espindola is back from his suspension. Do you do you expect to see him in the starting lineup, or do you? I do. Yeah, he's um, he's a very very good player for them. Obviously, the top goal scorer last year, and I think he brings something different to the table for Benny and, and DC. So yeah, I think he'll play. When you look at the, the schedule that will start to condense itself as the season goes along, how much urgency does your 
team need to have in games like this? Make sure that you, you get the points so that when the schedule does condense, it yeah. gets more Listen, the schedule's never easy for anyone. I think, you know, if you speak to all managers in, in Major League Soccer, they're always, um, you know, talking about the schedule. It is what it is. There's nothing we can do about it. You know, we get to plan it out as we want at the start of the season, but whichever way you do it, it's, it's not ideal, but we deal with it. So it's important we win our home games. You know, we've got to get back to winning our home games. Our last home game against Columbus, we didn't win. So we need to bounce back and, and try and get three points because any successful team wins their home games. So it's a massive game for us on Saturday. You take such an integral piece like Pedro out of the lineup last week and the team plays the way it does. What does that say about the depth of this team? It says I've got a good group, a strong group. Um, my, my group has got tactical understanding, which is which is pleasing, and information that I'm able to give them. They were able to take on board. So even though we're young um, and enthusiastic, we're also quite smart as a group. And you know we've got to continue to do that as we evolve because it is a work in progress. This team, and you know, I, I, even though we've done very, you know decent at the start of the season, and we've got a couple of good results. You know, every day I'm on it because I know they can get better. Uh, and that's me included and if we continue to do that then we're going to build something very special here. Should we expect you to go back to your 4-2-3-1 formation at home or do you want to keep no, DC? There really has been a difference in the way your club plays at home. I mean you look at all your away games are almost all one of them games. They've been much more open here. Columbus came in and was willing to trade chances with yeah. you. What do you anticipate DC United doing? DC are a top team. I think they're obviously top two in the Eastern Conference. They won the, the conference last year. They've got a good manager, top manager in Benny, um, you know, DC through and through. And, you know, I think what that goes to show is, you know, they had patience with Benny after one year when, you know, they, they didn't have a, a great year, but they stuck by him and rightly so. You know, I'm glad they did because he proved what a good manager he is. You know, his team's tough, it's hard working, they've got quality in certain areas. Uh, it's going to be a very, very difficult game for us, uh, we know that. Yeah. Do you expect them, though, to, to, to push forward more than some clubs that come in here? Or? Do you know what, I, I don't know. Yeah. Um, in my mind, I think I know what they'll do, um, but who knows with Benny. So that was Carl Robinson talking about the upcoming match against DC United this weekend. Let's talk about Vancouver for a bit here. They're coming off uh, an impressive win against Real Salt Lake. There weren't very many weak weak points in the in in the whole lineup, but there are a lot of people people, people banged up. Well, how do you see the Whitecaps entering this game? Yeah, I, when I I spoke to Carl briefly on Monday, just when he was coming out of the training center, and he was saying how many of his players are banged up. As it stood so far this week, Matty Laba didn't train on Monday, did laps around the track. But he wasn't going to train anyways, it was more of a recovery session. It was session. a recovery session, yeah. yeah. On Tuesday he wasn't even out at training, he was just getting some physio back in the training centre. Mauro Rosales and Kendall Waston were doing laps with him as well. I expect Matty and Kendall definitely to be fit to go. Mauro, I'm not really sure that we're going to see him starting because he got that knock with that horrible tackle from Sacido. On the same angle too. Yeah, and as he was saying on Tuesday, which we'll play in a second, it's like, it was a, it was a bad tackle. It was exactly the same ankle that he had it on and it's, it set his recovery back, he feels, maybe a couple of weeks. He kind of feels that he's gone one step forward, getting ready for that game, but now he's gone a couple of steps back. So... We'll, we'll look at whether he'll maybe make it into the team or not. But for now, let's just let's actually hear from Mauro Rosales himself. Yeah, same ankle. Uh, seems like uh, I have to keep recovering, keep uh, uh, my head off uh, that ankle again. But um, uh, very confident that I can get through this week. It's going to be difficult to uh, adjust to what I was before because I was feeling really, really good. But OK, now it's... Uh, step backwards so uh, still dealing with the same pain but uh, uh, training at least I'm training with the group and at least I'm just testing myself to to go forward to go through uh, different kind of uh, uh, pressure in the games and different kind of what I got in the last game against our leg it was just really tough intense and uh, just trying to move forward and not thinking too much in my ankle I just try to be with the team, help the team in any any aspect I can. 
Did you feel it was like, oh God, here I go again. I've been on the receiving uh, heavy challenge. I really yeah. couldn't think in that moment. I was yeah. just feeling so much pain and just trying to, because I had in, in training, shooting hard, sometimes I had the sharp pain direct to the ankle. But after a minute, minute and a half, the, the ankle started to get in rhythm again. I was hoping to have that feeling again, so it took a little bit longer because it was direct there, the taco. But uh, uh, I get I get better. I was doing my warm up uh, strongly to to be okay. So uh, I guess it was I was lucky that it wasn't uh, the same injury that I had uh, in the beginning. How does it play in the, the fact that there's a core group of players playing Sp speaking Spanish while coming in? Uh, actually, we wanted to everybody to learn English so we can have uh, that uh, language being the, the main language for everybody. They uh, have Mati, Nico, Diego, uh, they haven't uh, streaming very well with the, with the English. We, we need uh, Octavio and, and, and Christian getting to the same, the same level to actually understand the, the way and, and the best uh, words that we use to play in, in, into the field, then you can be connected with everybody. I think this is the first, first thing they have to do. And uh, not trying to put everybody into the Spanish then make it just the opposite, just being everybody connected with the English and they have to learn and uh, we are supporting them so to that we don't want to everybody just speak Spanish and change the language from here. Your thoughts on DC United and facing them? Uh, it was a tough team when they came last year here, they, they play a little bit pretty much defensively to like we did uh, when we go out, out, just trying to be compact and not give the chance to, to attack and get them in counter attack. Uh, there's a team that is doing well the, 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 past, uh, the past games, uh, have quality players and uh, obviously we, we wanted to keep the same uh, attitude and uh, also the same intensity that we did uh, the, the last couple of games that we played in home. Uh, uh, we wanted to to get the three points. It's, we are playing at home, and everybody is coming here. Have, we have to show that uh, why we are doing that well. So, so Miro there, Steve, saying that he's he's still hopeful to go for the weekend, but I don't think he's going to get the start. I think Carl won't risk him, and I think yeah. he'll feature on the bench. When you look at the lineup, I mean, it's hard to change a winning team, but obviously there had been some changes to the side that that took the picture in Utah on Saturday. One of them being Pedro Morales was out suspended. Pedro's now available. Is there any way that you would see Robbo not putting his captain back in the starting lineup? No, I definitely see him starting uh, coming back in, mostly because they're playing at home, and he tends to do better obviously at home, BC place when uh, down on the road. So I definitely see him putting in. It depends on who you want to take out, and what what formation they're going to play this week. They they went to a. a Basically a four four two, or or the seven zero three. Yeah, like whatever you want to say. Yeah, but it was essentially started off as a four four two when they lined up. Um, do they go to that? Do they continue with that, or do they go back to a four two three one? Was that just a one off? Because to con to combat the positions they were lacking, and and maybe maybe what Real Salt Lake was trying to do. It's a tough one because the players seem to really really like it, and Russell Tybert spoke on Tuesday that. They'd only been told on Friday that's what the new formation was going to be. And they watched a lot of game tape. They did a lot of practice just in, in the squad on Friday night. And the players that, that we spoke to this week, they all liked the new formation. I think we'll go, because it's a home game, back to 4-2-3-1. I would see Laba and Tybert being that, that two-man defensive shield. Obviously, Rivera still up front. Pedro slotting in the number 10 role. You can't take Darren Maddox out of the it's team hard, after. Yeah, it's hard to take yeah. After the way he played, and I, like who'd have thought we'd have been saying that a couple of months ago? But I mean, he's to me, he's going to be in the team. I think he's probably going to line up on the right. He could line up on the left. I mean, it's the two wing positions that that's the only ones that we might have a bit of debate about. Yeah. To me, that's that's the only two decisions that he has. Now the big wild card, and I don't know, I don't know how quickly you're going to insert this guy, the new addition, um, Christian Tichera. He got a new addition. He's just arrived. Um, he was obviously there in in um, 
in Salt Lake as well. But he's, he's just training first time this week with the team. But he's coming off playing for his uh, Uruguayan team, um, River Plate. So he's, he's coming off playing for them. Do you, do you put him in the lineup right away and just surprise the hell out of D.C.? Or do you want to hold him off for another opponent? I actually think he will start. And I think what we're going to see is, I think we're going to see Matix on the right. And I think we're going to see Teixeira on, on the left. And he looks I, good at training. Yeah, has he impressed that much at training? Yeah, he, he's been fantastic. A couple of nice little skills. Made Ethan Sampson look ridiculous in, in one of the moves on, on Monday where he kind of turned him inside and out and then did it a second time and then slotted it into the bottom corner. He's, he's fit, he's match fit. He's been playing in the, in the Uruguayan Primera. He's ready to go. He's keen to go. And I think we're going to to see him start. The thing, the, 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 you saying match fit at five foot two, he has to be match fit because you don't want an overweight five foot two player coming onto the that's, field. That's true. And he hasn't looked that. I know he's five foot two. He hasn't looked that tiny. But all the times that I've mainly seen him and taken some photos of him, he has been beside Aaron Shaw and Mosquito. Yeah, who like, I think are like five foot six or something. Yeah. Anyway, so I mean, everyone's wanting to get the money shot of him standing next to Kendall. So yeah. I'm sure we're going to get that pretty soon. But now I think to, to share a will start. And it's going to be a shame for Nico. He's done well. He's going to drop back to the bench. But then that's going to motivate him more to come on and, and make an impact off the bench. Yeah. Manny as well. Manny's had his chance in, in the team. He's done well. I just think it's hard to, to really get him back in the team. I actually asked Carol about that. Like Having all these players at, at their disposal, how difficult now is it for him picking his team? And he actually feels not difficult at all. So we'll actually hear what Carol said to me. The way that the team is playing, the competition's like really strong just now. It's a nice headache to have, but does it give you a bit of a headache with Teixeira here now? No. Nope. Who, who to pick? No, nope, it doesn't. Uh, you know, if I've got 25 places or 30 places, I'm going to have 25 or 30 good players in my locker room, and it's, it's my job to manage them. If I manage them correctly, I'll get the best out of them. And, you know, I want them to push each other because there's, there's something special building here. And, you know, we've got off to a decent start and, you know, we've got a couple of difficult games coming up. We've got a difficult game in DC United on Saturday, but one we'll be prepared for because on our day we can beat anyone, we've shown that, but on our day we can also, if we don't perform to our levels, lose to anyone. And we've got to make sure that those happen less frequently than they did last year. As you heard from Carol, he doesn't think it's a problem. He wants to have, like, if he could have every single player on the roster, all 25 or 30 of them, ready to challenge for the team, that's what he wants. And that's great. But you are going to have a stage where you're not going to keep these guys happy. And no, that, it, it, that's the start, problem that he's going to have. It, that's the biggest job he has right now at this point, is just to keep everybody not happy by getting them playing time, but just keep them happy knowing that this is best for the team. Because not everyone's going to be like a Paolo Tanagi that takes it really well and, and knows that he's just going to struggle to get playing time, basically. Yeah. Um, but he's always upbeat, he's always positive, and he's a great guy to have around. Some of these other guys... They're here to make a name for themselves and hopefully go further in their careers. So they want to play. Now, do you think uh, uh, like this is obviously what was set up? Uh, one of the reasons why they had uh, WFC two, a guy like Akuda who didn't play against RSL and might not get on the on the pitch against DC United. Do you see him playing, uh, going down to WFC two and maybe playing a game just or maybe uh, you know an hour of work? I mean, possibly. I. I th- for me, that's what the squad play, is there for. Because they play the next day, essentially. Yeah, right? so I mean, the WFC2 have their second home game on Sunday, and that's against Seattle. Point. Well, for me, that's what the team should be about as well. It's not just developing these young guys. Yeah. It's there to get these guys minutes. So if Scooter isn't playing on Saturday, or even if he comes on for maybe five or ten minutes, I don't see why not put him out there. Yeah. And it might give him the confidence boost of having just, a, a dominant performance. Or just playing time. Cause, yeah. Because he, he wasn't lacking confidence in the last few games he did appear in. He, he needs to work on releasing the ball better yeah. and, or, or taking shots and not trying to run through everyone. So a, a scenario where you're playing Seattle, it's a Cascadia derby. Yeah, it's at USL level, but every Cascadia derby matters. Seattle beat Whitecaps 4-0 yeah. in, in the Whitecaps' first ever USL game. So the Whitecaps are out for revenge. Best way to get revenge is to put some top talent out there. Well, I, I would, I would. I'm, I'm not concerned about getting revenge. Mario. I'm more concerned about having Kakuda like getting some minutes and not being going two weeks without playing any yeah. time, any time at all. I, um, I just want results. But no, for for, <laughs> for his point of view, yeah, that he he needs to get minutes. Yeah. And there's other t- guys as well, like. Depending on how long Hurtado comes on for, yeah. this might be a chance. I mean, this, this is the first time that you're going to have had a Saturday-Sunday where both teams are at home. Yeah. So this, this is 
are a great chance to see exactly how Robo wants to use this team. So, I mean, yeah, play Hurtado, play Mane if they don't play much against I think Keon's playing probably too. The, the. Yeah, so, I mean, we'll talk about that later in a bit. Uh, but uh, let's get back to DC United. Yeah, so let, let's just hear a little bit actually from some of the players. So they're going to set up some of the Whitecaps players. They'll set up a little bit from what they're expecting from Saturday's game and just a, a few other things. So we're going to hear from both of the Whitecaps captains. First of all, the man who led the team in Salt Lake on Saturday, Russell Tybert. And then the man that should be returning for the game against DC United, the Chilean captain, Pedro Morales. How gratifying was that win at Rio Tinto? Not many teams win there. Yeah, it's, uh, it's a big win for us. Um, big win for the club because we hadn't won there before. And, uh, you know, coming into the... Uh, Salt Lake's home stadium and getting a result there, three points on the road. It's big for our season, but again, uh, it's about making history this year. And uh, we had an opportunity to do it that night, and we did. Is it uh, the difference between this year and maybe past years is the fact you guys are finding a way to score even just the one goal to, to get a result? And, you know, maybe in the past it would be either a draw or maybe even a loss, but this year seems to be different that way. Yeah, we want to, I think one thing we focus on this year is scoring goals and creating this winning mentality. And the culture that we have at this club is that we're a winning club now and we're out to win games, whether it's on the road or at home. So, so much to like about the, the last home game against Columbus, but um, two, two home games now already dropped points. Is that something that annoys this team a little bit? Uh, I don't think it's an annoyance. I think you know, we're, we're just disappointed with the results because we know we're a good home team and we know we can get a lot of points at home. We've done it in the past and we'll continue to do it this year. Pedro, how are you? I'm good. good. You? I'm very good. Are yeah. you refreshed? You must be now, eh? Yeah, refreshed? I, feel, I feel good. Just one one game rest for my red car. But uh, I'm working last week. And, and now just wait for Saturday. Big game, big team. And have a good opportunity for three more points. When, when you sit out a game like that, do you... Um do you become even more anxious then when you get back in the lineup? Do you yeah, yeah. I, I, I feel good. It's, uh, I feel motivation for this game. I have the, I think so, the complete team. I have the motivation for, for this game. It's a big game. It's, uh, it, uh, the White Cups is the first team in the, in the league now. It's uh, important to go more up. And I have a three three point difference for another team, but uh, I think so. Have a good preparation for this game. Now wait for 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 play Saturday. When, when you're when this club is on top of the league as you guys are right now, do you feel like you guys have to? I mean, there there probably is some doubters out there. Is this club for real? Do you feel like you have to? This team as a whole has to continue to prove itself. I think uh, when you 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 have the the first position, it's more difficult. No, you need to work more every week, every day, and when you you play every every weekend, you need you. I think so. It's more pressure, no. But the team is young boys, but uh, I have uh, too many good players. I think so. It's for them, it's, it's good for for the team. The the pressure every weeks, but no 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 relaxing the game. You guys have played a bunch of one nothing games on the road. The games at home here are more wide open. Does does your mindset change here at BC Place? Maybe maybe maybe, but I think so. The another team is a good tactic. Uh, looking maybe the video before coming here, uh, like uh, like Columbus. Last, last game in Columbus difficult. I, I think so. Columbus play very good tactic, but I have a now a more uh, situa- situation in, in the game for for change the option. No. Do you think DC might come here and be happy with nil nil and sit back and? Maybe maybe it's difficult here for uh, for uh, for another uh, team. I think so. The the. The atmosphere, the turf, maybe DC United never play turf, but uh, it's advantage for for us, no, for the play here in the house. So 22,000 people, maybe. Uh, I think so. It's very important you win Saturday. So I was some of the Whitecaps players talking uh, about the match with DC. I mean, Steve, we've talked about Espindola. 
we've talked that Perry Kitchen's leading their goal-scoring charts, but who else do you see as a danger or players that we really have to watch out for on the DC United team? Well, uh, the, the up front is going to be difficult. Obviously, Espindola's back. You have Arrieta playing up top. I don't think he's played too much, but he's, he's up there. Um, Chris Wolf, the, the veteran MLS player, he's, he's in there. He scored a really nice uh, free kick last game against Houston. Then you got guys like Luis Silva, Nick DeLeon, oh, and Chris Pontius. Those are the main attackers that you're worried about. Some of them are banged up. Some of them are, are, are we'll see what happens. They're missing, obviously, probably one of their best players uh, that they signed last year, Eddie Johnson, who looks like people are talking about his career might be over because of his medical condition. Yeah, it has a really serious heart condition. And that, that's obviously going to be a big, big, that's been a big loss. And it's, that's what we were talking about earlier. I talked about it right off the bat that it's amazing that they're still up top, missing all these uh, top players in the attacking. And it also looks as well that Steve Birnbaum won't be back. He picked up an injury at the end of March, so it's going to keep him out for four to six weeks. Yeah, so expected like a centre-back pairing of uh, part Canadian Kofi Apare and uh, Bobby Boswell. So those two look like they will be the uh, two that will be defending there. They do have a you know a veteran in Sean Franklin, one of the fullbacks, so that's that's something that they have there. I th- but in Perry Kitchen, like we were talking about in the middle, and the funny thing is about DC United too and Whitecaps, their history. There was they had that one game in 2011 where it was the last game for Jay Nolly. Everybody remembers that probably. Uh, they lost four nil there. Ever since then, they haven't been able to beat the Whitecaps. So the Whitecaps are going basically three years without a. This will be their. They went the last two years without losing to the DC United, so maybe they keep up that streak. I, I, I don't know. Before we get to our predictions, let's hear a little bit from the DC United. So we weren't able to get too much audio sent through from DC United, but let's hear now from Taylor Kemp, who's kind of talking about the Whitecaps game this coming weekend and the return of Fabian Espindola. I mean, everybody's ready to go. We felt like we've given away some points in the last two weeks, so we want to go down to Vancouver and get all three, so... Um, Everyone, I mean, we're in a good mood, but but ready and focused, and we, we want to get the job done down there. Mm-hmm. They, I mean, they've been flying. They're one of the best in the league right now. They've got a lot of attacking pieces, a lot of speed. They've done really well. Um, we feel like we're, we're well-suited to play them, though, and, and it'll, it'll be a tough game, but we think we're ready. Exciting to get Fabi back. Um, Silva's been back, but he's you know still getting to full fitness. Um, so it's exciting, and we're excited to see kind of who we become with some new new pieces on the field. And we know things will change, and there will probably still be some kinks to work out here and there. But we're excited to see uh, where we can go from here. Before we finish talking about that, Steve, what's your prediction for the game? How do you see it shaping up? I see it as uh, I, I give it to the Whitecaps two 0 I think it's going to be an exciting game. Um, I'm going to give it 2-1 to the Whitecaps. I just think that DC will sneak a goal. I think it might be 2 now at one point to the Caps and then DC will, will sneak a late goal. Which is typical of the Whitecaps giving up a late goal. Yeah, <laughs> and then, then we'll kind of see how they cope after that. But I, I don't see anything to, to challenge the league leaders from still being league leaders at the end of Saturday night. So we talked a little bit about Matty Laba earlier in the show. Let's hear from the man himself now. Now, you might have read my pieces on MLSsoccer.com and WhitecapsFC.com on Matty Laba, but here is the extended interview of my chat with him earlier this week. So some of the stuff that was covered in the, the articles will be in here as well, and along with a few other pieces as well. So let's hear from the Whitecaps defensive linchpin, Argentine defensive midfielder, Matthias Laba. Uh, at the end of last season, obviously the Whitecaps very quickly made made the move to, to officially sign the deal with Toronto. How important was it for you to know that they wanted you that much that they just wanted to get the deal done just as soon as possible? Yeah, for me it was very important because... Uh, uh, Robo and the staff and the president, uh, they can show me uh, interest for me. Uh, uh, for me, was confident. Uh, so uh, now uh, I can uh, I can do the, the best for me uh, to 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 show them uh, they don't they don't uh, choose uh, bad, you know. 
Uh, so uh, I I I will will try to do the best uh, in, in this in this year. Uh, uh, and that's it. You've had a great start to the year. You've been catching a lot of attention from others around the league. Robo yesterday said that he feels that you're the, like the best defensive midfielder in the league. How how do you see your game this year? Have you been happy with how you've played? And do you, do you feel you've still got another level that you can go to? I think uh, uh, I I am working hard uh, for do the best in the team. Uh, defensively, uh, I think uh, I did I did um, all the best for me, and uh, I I think I I can do more uh, about attacking uh, at, at attacking or uh, help Pedro Morales. So uh, now I, I continue working uh, for and and Robo can uh, learn me. Uh, 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 about uh, possession, possession the ball, about the possession the ball, and about uh, um, movements, because he play in the same position. So now uh, uh, I I try to to learn more uh, and practice more uh, about attacking. The, the attacking side of your game, you have been attacking a lot more this year and you had that shot in the last game that landed on the roof of the net and you, you've been forward quite a few times. How important is it in this team to to focus kind of on the shape but also in moving forward so that the whole team is able to attack? Yeah, I think uh, we have a very good team and very good group. Uh, we, we could uh, show... Uh, in this uh, in this game we can can show this uh, but we can we can do better and we know uh, uh, we can we can do uh, much better uh, because we have too many uh, too many qualities and different qualities here um, uh, we can do more now the last game um, there was a different formation and it was kind of almost like three midfielders back there. Did, did, did you like that? Did that allow you to, to sort of attack more or let Russell attack more, knowing that there was two other guys there that could deal with the other team's attacks? Uh, I think uh, uh, Robo uh, was a smart decision uh, because it's difficult to play uh, in Salt Lake um, uh, versus very good team. Uh, so I think... Uh, the the plan was very in, intelligent uh, and uh, Rusty and Coffee uh, uh, helped me very good. Uh, uh, they do very very good job. Uh, and maybe we lost about attacking, but uh, we winning about defensively and uh, shape. Um, possession the ball. You've played every game so far this year. Robo said yesterday that he felt you were a little bit banged up and today you've kind of been recuperating a little bit. How are you feeling physically? Do you feel it's coming to a stage where you need to maybe have a rest or are, are you good to go for a number of games yet? No, just uh, I'm rest uh, for uh, three days uh, because uh, too many games uh, ago uh, and too many travels uh, so uh, my my legs was uh, tight but uh, tomorrow uh, I I will I will train and will prepare uh, for do the best in, in the next game versus and just the last thing what are your hopes and, and goals and aims for this season for you personally no, we know we know uh, we have uh, a strong, a stronger, a stronger group. So I think we need to 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 get better because we can. When the 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 games was uh, was out, we we need to put the first is qualified to the playoff. But and after I think uh, uh, we we can do the best for for making history here. Actually, thank you so much for your time, Matthew, and good luck for the rest of the season. Just
So that's it from the MLS talk. We're going to hear do a little bit of chat now about the WFC2 team. So as we said, Seattle's coming to town. They thumped them 4-0 in the first game. It's going to be a tough one. Big thing for the Whitecaps is they pulled in over 3,000 as a crowd on Sunday. What kind of crowd are they going to get? It's a Cascadian derby. There's not going to be, probably be a lot of Seattle fans up because Seattle's playing Portland at the yeah. weekend. But I, th- I think we'll see a good crowd and I think we're going to see a really, really strong team. They played a lot of the MLS guys last week and I think we'll see the same again. And I th- Parker-Dean centre-back pairing... They need to get more minutes together, and yeah. they they look not bad. On, no, on Sunday. They, they, uh, their biggest threat, uh, the the TFC's two's biggest threat was Jordan Hamilton, um, and he didn't didn't really register at all. I don't think a chance even. I, I can't remember. I don't recall his name coming up too much. It was mostly coming from the midfield. Uh, the chances, so I, I I don't see that being a big issue. Um, other than that, you know the the fullbacks. I thought both Farmer and and Jordan Haynes, they, especially Farmer. Actually, Farmer seemed to be heading up on the field quite a bit. Um, he's, and, he's done that in the games that we've yeah. seen him, him play, and he's really he seems to really really relish in that. And he's aggressive too and moving up. Usually, center backs aren't. Usually, it takes them a while to get them, you know, get them out of the mentality of you know hanging out at the back and not going forward. He seems to be relishing that, like you said that you know, get up there and, and attack him because he was in the box quite a few times. Yeah, it's going to be interesting though as well. Like, Ethan Sampson was sent off against Orange County Blues. Missed the game against Sacramento. He also missed the game on Sunday against Toronto because he was ill. So, having the MLS contract, you kind of think, is he going to come back in? I kind of hope not because I think he's looked... I mean, we said that we've kind of come full circle on how he's been playing in MLS. Well, we based that on a couple of games yeah. last year. We didn't, really, but, but but overall, it's still he hasn't. He seems to do worse at the lower, the lower the low level. Lower, the worse, yeah. yes, he was dreadful to. in PDL. He's been really, really patchy with USL, and I I don't know. I'm not even sure if he'll remain with the club past the past the summer. Well, that's the th- the thing we talked about earlier this year was that you know with Ethan. He is an international. You know, they might be doing paperwork to get him, uh, you know, Canadian landing or citizenship or whatever. He's an international, taking up an international spot. And the guys, you got a guy like Tim Parker who can play at right back. We have Jackson Farmer, and he's, you know, somebody that, you know, can eventually maybe take over at that right back spot. He's going to be a homegrown player. And you've got Chris Serbin as well, another homegrown yeah. that can play left back or right back. Yeah. And I, I'm a. I'm a big fan of his. I, I think he's definitely another one to watch for the future. So, I mean, it's going to be tough for Samson. But the, the good thing about this WFC2 team, aside from, like, developing our young residency guy and getting minutes for the MLS guy, so taking both those things out of the equation, the other thing is, this year, it lets Robbo and the Caps have a look at a number of these guys yeah. to make a decision, is it worth actually any more investment and time with these guys or should we cut them? Oh, yeah, and for sure. And there's going to be some tough decisions now. They're all, and some some of our favourites might yeah. be, like, leaving the team. Like, last year when Ben Fisk, I still think Ben Fisk is better than some of the players on the MLS team. I mean, he's gone to Spain now. And, and he's, he's doing he's really well. And, very loving it, and he's got there, a great yeah. life down there. So, yeah, but but the thing is, is I, th- I thought he was, and he's a favourite of mine, I thought he was good, but... We don't see the same game, the same game, or the the player the same way that the coaches do. So, I mean, they they will make them, their mind up on a number of these guys, and what what we're needing to see is a few of these guys stepping up and kind of showing that they that they deserve to to be part of the Whitecaps, but also they deserve their shot in MLS because they're they're not also going to want to keep guys hanging around just that's going to play USL because yeah. they're wanting to to freshen that up constantly. Yeah, they so, they basically they're, they have the residency players there. They'll have obviously the MLS players coming down, and then they're going to use a whole bunch of spots for you know almost like a scouting team. You scout these players the whole year through and see if they're good enough to play in MLS. Guys like Victor Blasco, uh, Brent Levi, um, if 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 they keep improving, they can eventually get MLS contracts. If they not, then that's where you let them go and bring, like you said, freshen it up, bring some other players in. Yeah, and they won't be afraid to do that, and they no. won't be afraid to make those those tough decisions. So as we say, Whitecaps 2, hosting Seattle 2 
on Sunday, three o'clock at Thunderbird. Get along to it if you can. It's a great day out. And this is this this is an instant like a, a couple of things about that. First of all, if you're wanting to get parking close to the stadium, get there as early as possible. Parking is very limited. A lot of people had to, you know, where I, I was standing there on the outside. A lot of people got to get sent away to park like ten minutes away and had to walk all the way down. So if you want to get parking quickly, get it. Also, if you're looking to get tickets as well, I know the Sounders are playing relatively the same time on Sunday, but there is a group up north um, in Vancouver area called Sounders North. I don't know how big they are, but they they they, they might show up. Also, the grandstand it's basically um, it's basically first come first serve for seats, and so if you want to get good seating and everything, the earlier the better. Otherwise, you'll be be shipped out to the sides. And obviously there's 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 pitch uh, standing room as well. So that was Whitecaps 2 ticket spokesman Steve Panda there. I'm just letting people know, <laughs> don't want people disappointed when they show up and there's nothing available. Because it is a long trip to get out to UBC. Yeah, so get out, support the guys. It's a fantastic weekend of football. So before we wrap this podcast up, we're going to speak to one of the WFC2 guys. Homegrown guy, residency alumni, Canadian international, Jackson Farmer. Now, we've spoken to Jackson a few times before, but this time we're going to do one of our favourite teammate section. So Jackson's going to have a bit of fun, help you get to know the WFC2 team a little bit better, some of their quirks, some of their good points, some of their bad points. So here's Jackson Farmer with his WFC2 teammates. We are the most reliable, definitely undeniable. It's like we're you and I about teammates. So we're joined by Jackson Farmer now and we're going to do our first WFC2 teammates. So Jackson, have a little bit of fun with this. First thing though that we're going to ask you is, from all the players that you've played with, whether with Canada, Whitecaps residency, WFC2, pre-season games with the Whitecaps, who's the best player that you've played alongside with? I think Atiba Hutchinson. Ah, interesting one. Now, who would be your dream teammate if there if there was a guy that you could have? Let, let's just let's look at Canadian national. If there was a guy that you would wish was Canadian that you could play alongside, not so much for talents that someone like Messi, but someone that you could learn a lot from. Who who would you like that to be? If this could be in any, any any player, any player in the world today. Um. <laughs> it would be hard to have a dead guy back right? um, I would say someone like Messi or Ronaldo I, I want to see what they're like in a day to day training I want to see what they're like as a person and what makes them one of the best in the world that would be that would be an amazing thing to have and then you could defend against them as well which would yeah. really be a, a good test <laughs> for you so looking at the WFC2 team who's your best friend on the team my best friend on the team would probably be Mitch me and him uh yeah, Alan said in an interview before we're the pranksters of the team, and uh, I I think that's we live up to that name in the dressing room. Uh, yeah, me and him have been in the residency as you know from for a long time, and uh, we've just been a lot closer with uh, this team. So yeah, yeah we, we usually ask who the joker in the locker room is, but I think we, we've kind of got to that. So obviously, you guys you train hard, you all train really hard. Who do you think is the best trainer in the team? Who puts the most work in? Besides myself? Oh, yeah. <laughs> that went for granted. You were, we've seen you in the fitness uh, test. We know how good oh, you yeah. are. The hardest working on the training field. Um, I'm looking to see who's still out there just yeah. now. <laughs> hardest working? Mitch. That's no, no bias there because he's, he's your friend. <laughs> um, and who's the laziest guy? Like, not necessarily when they're playing, but like away from the pitch. Who just like lounges around when you're on oh, the road? around Jordan Haynes. Oh, oh my gosh. <laughs> Yes, he's definitely a lounger. Is he hard to get out of bed in the morning and stuff as well? <laughs> yeah, yeah, he's one of them. Now, the MLS team's got a lot of quick guys. Who do you think's the quickest guy in amongst the WFC2 squad? And you can pick any of the MLS guys that have come down as well. Or, or who's deceptively quick that we might not think is quick? Um, I think, have you guys seen in the fitness testing, Tim Parker, you know, he doesn't really look like he's quick, but then uh, once you get him on, when you try to, you know, knock the ball around him, I... Uh, it's hard to get because he's so fast. I, I was yeah, deceiving there. Um, yeah, Jordan and Russell both both said Tim for the fastest guy as well, which su- surprised me. But yeah. then when you looked at the results of the, the mm-hmm. testing, 
He's quick. Man. <laughs> so who's the hard man on the team? But if you were playing against one of these guys, who would you not want to come up against? Um, it's hard to say who I would not want to come up against because, you know, someone like, I'll say Victor, he's, he's, he's a really good player and um, I think he's really skillful, but I would like to play against him because it tests me and it helps me. But I would say if a defender on another team is, is looking at Victor and saying, um, I think if when Victor lines up against another teammate, he's like, oh man, he's like, I got better be on my game today or else I'm going to be... I want to be looking like a fool out here, you know what I mean? So um, I say in training, I would like to play against Victor, but I, he's definitely the player that uh, what tests you, uh, especially. Hey, who's the tough tackler? Like, I, when I look at it, I always see Craig Nitty, and I'm like, I wouldn't <laughs> want to run into him. He just looks like I would just bounce off him. I think tough tackler. Um, I think Mac can get in there pretty hard sometimes. Uh, our striker, um, I think he's probably one of the t- one of the toughest, um, you know, tackler header. You know, he's hardworking as well, so I'd say him. Who's the biggest moaner? I mean, you've had a few games on the road now. It's like, who just moans about everything constantly? Jordan Haynes. <laughs> I didn't take long. Jordan yeah. Haynes, moaner. Jordan Harvey said scooter for the MLS team as oh, well. yeah, I could see yeah. that too. <laughs> he's a little whiner as well. Scooter, I hope you hear this. <laughs> who's the most intelligent guy? I mean, you've had a few weeks on the road now. Who's the guy that's reading the law or who's got all the smarts? Who's got the most intelligent conversation? Um, Marco Carducci, yeah, I, I would say he's um, he's definitely one of the most intelligent guys. I know when we speak to him, he never shuts up when we're trying to do this. <laughs> um, who's got the best taste in music and the worst taste in music? Oh, worst taste in music would definitely have to be Christian Dean or Mac. Best dancer, worst dancer. You might not have had the chance to see any guys dancing yet, but... Best dancer, worst dancer. Worst dancer is probably Mitch. Um best dancer i haven't seen anybody yet um i haven't i haven't yet seen anybody on the white cap fc2 team yeah you've not really had much much chance to enjoy yourselves it's been all good there's some good dancers though yeah i think uh, one of the guys said pa yeah pa's a good dancer yeah pa the spanish guys oh yeah, yeah i can imagine <laughs> that i don't think they stopped in the dressing room now who's got the the best dress sense like who who's the smartest guy and who's the who's got the worst dress sense so far like Russell really said Caleb yeah. Clark. He said yeah. he shouldn't have been let out of the house in the morning. <laughs> I don't know. Some of the stuff Russell wears sometimes is kinda kinda iffy. But uh, <laughs> I can't talk. <laughs> um on on this team? Yeah. I would let's, say let's go with these guys. Okay. Best dressed. I don't know, there's different styles. See like Max from California, so he wears a long baggy surfer dude, like baggy shorts, kinda like no socks and like little vans, he wears that. And that's kinda that's kinda iffy sometimes. I'm like, <laughs> kinda like what are you wearing there? But um, I would say the worst dresser is probably Jovan. Comes in with his uh, sweat top and track pants every day. Um, <laughs> that's that's still high fashion in Eastern Europe, so I think that's possibly why. So now let's look at like best haircut, worst haircut. Now I hate to say this, but Russell said you had the worst haircut <laughs> when we spoke to him. I don't well, think it's that bad. Well, when I had hair, I think I had the best hair because, you know, but when they shaved it off, definitely you can't really talk about it because it wasn't <laughs> my choice. But uh, the wor- the best haircut, um, I don't know. I think Sam's got something good there. Um, uh, I would say, yeah, maybe Eric Hurtado sometimes. Um, yeah. I don't know what he thinks uh, of this. <laughs> Like Russell said he's about to change his haircut because he said too many folks got man buns yeah. now so who knows what, what on earth he's going to well, come up with next on this team the worst haircut Jordan Haynes and um, I don't know best haircut maybe Spencer Ritchie he's kind of got that flow going that California laid back flow again <laughs> Washington you know what I mean and the last thing to ask you who's the longest in the shower like who's the guy that you just can't get out of there uh I try to think. I imagine. I don't Longer. know. Wolfen just strikes me somewhere. <laughs> it would just take forever. He, mm, he's not too bad. He's in the mirror a couple of times. He's in the mirror most. Uh, maybe I don't know. Brett Levi's, maybe likes to just chill in there. <laughs> well, he's from Saskatchewan. It's so cold. Just wants the heat. That's great. Thanks so much, Jackson, for doing yeah, this, and no good luck problem. for the rest of the season. Thank you. Cheers, man. Thanks a lot. We are the most reliable. Definitely undeniable. It's like we're you and I about teammates, teammates. We.
So Jackson Farmer there doing his WFC2 teammates. Yeah, he dished or got quite a bit of information on everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Love doing I'm, these. We're going to have a few more as the season I'm goes on. assuming some of those guys will want to get revenge on Jackson in their own segments. Yes, that's my whole point of doing this. Um, keep it all going. So we'll have a few more of these to come. Next week we're also hoping to have a special Canadian Women's National Team one as well. So watch out for that. Along with some other stuff on the Canadians Women's National Team. Yep, we're going to do a CWNT special. So that really is just about it for this show. Before we do go, it's time for something which we haven't done the last couple of weeks. It's time for Carl Robinson's Big Question. Questions and So, Carl, you're at home, probably watching the football. You've got your beverage of choice in front of you. Yeah. What would you dunk in it? Chocolate digestive, rich tea biscuit, or are you not a dunker? I am a dunker, um, but I'm more of a bourbon. Oh, yes. fancy. You grew posh. I, no, no, I wouldn't say that at all. <laughs> but I, um, I was addicted to bourbons, so that'll be my bourbon answer. Excellent, thank you. Anyone fancy a chocolate digestive? But anyway, that's enough for this episode. Steve, just before we go, let everyone know where they can find you online. You can find me on Twitter at WhitecapsBeat. And I'm Michael McCall. You can find me on Twitter at AFTN Canada. Read all our stuff on AFTN, AFTN.ca. And I'm also the White Cats beat reporter for MLSsoccer.com, so read all my stuff on that. You'll also maybe find Steve and me out at some Provincial Cup games this weekend. We hope to be at Surrey and Richmond on Friday night. So if you can get out and support some local soccer, go do that as well. Check AFTN for all the details. But anyway, that's it for another episode. DC come to town, it's a Whitecaps home double weekend. So what more could you want? It's going to be a beautiful weekend. Two Whitecaps games to watch. So thanks for listening. Take care, and mourn the caps. When you're listening in some far-flung corner of the globe to the world service of a Saturday afternoon, frankly reception, interference, cosy, marvellous. Somehow comforting, isn't it? You know, legendary names, fathers and sons on the terraces, cheesy peas at half-time, pipe for dad, mum's at home making the tea. Oh, everything's all right with the world, isn't it? Saturday afternoon is football. Mm-hmm.